0: welcome back to the one out of one podcast ladies and gentlemen today we're going to do the last video that we're going to do on pro choice and pro life for a while and the main reason is because endless talking does not bring anything positive so we're going to stop the talking and start the action Hello, friends and philosophizers. Welcome back to the one out of one podcast. So, today we're going to start by telling some dog joke stories because, well, let's be honest, nobody really wants to talk about dead babies. Now, I mean, if we're just being completely honest here, nobody should at least enjoy having the pro life, pro choice conversation. <sighs> and part of the issue that I have, well, I'll get to it later, but as you heard in the introduction, people like to talk a lot, and I like to talk a lot. I believe this is video number, not video, uh, podcast episode number three that I've done addressing the issue. Well, it's going to be the last one that I do for a while because, well, I don't really want to keep going over the same issue over and over. And I want to do some action that actually leads to results. So, last episode we're going to do on the issue for a little bit, but before we get into that, We'll have a little bit of fun. Most of us who have dogs, we we can openly admit our dogs are idiots. Complete and utter idiots. And we love our little idiots, but sometimes there are some stories that are just too good not to share. And uh, y- y- we just love talking about our doggos, even when our doggos do something dumb. So first I want to tell a story about... uh. Our boy, Atomic, if you've uh, looked at our at the uh, One Out of One YouTube channel, then you've seen quite a few videos where our greyhound, Atomic, has appeared. Beautiful boy, wonderful, sweet guy. At least we thought so. We discovered something a couple of months ago about this dog. So we gave him a little stuffed bear as a toy because, he, you know, he loves new toys. He loves... Sometimes he loves him a little too much. We know that when we give him a new toy, we need to give him his space and let him enjoy it for a little while before we can take it away from him. Else is going to be trouble. So we're letting him play with it, and we think, Oh, he's cute. He's enjoying his little bear squeaky toy. And then we realize something. Wait a second. He's biting at its neck. He's trying to kill this bear. Holy crap, he's trying to kill this bear. And so after after we'd taken some time to, like, be in shock about it and then just kind of, like, relax. It's okay. You know, what? it's a toy. He he doesn't hurt things in real life. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's just a toy. And besides, he he's only biting at the neck because that's where the squeaker is. And he loves the squeaker. We little, looked a little bit more. Wait a second. He's biting at the neck where the squeaker is. He thinks it's calling out for help. That little vicious monster. He is trying to kill that thing. It just cracks us up. We thought he was a sweet boy. No, 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 no. He's just on bear genocide over here. Ah, uh, no bear left. Okay. So that's that's kind of like the uh, idea I was giving uh, my audience to be able to share some stories about their dogs. And, uh, well, I got a couple of good responses. So first shout out goes to Emily, who sent us a picture. Um. Emily and her husband have two dogs. Uh, You've actually heard her husband on the podcast before, Blake, who is in the big old hour-long season finale episode. Uh, He is married to Miss Emily, and they have two doggos. Their most recent doggo is this cute white fluffer named Appa. So she posted a little picture up, and if I can, I'll put these in the description of the Facebook post. Uh, One of Appa's favorite pastimes is going under the bed. He's now a sixty-pound large boy and gets stuck, so he'll growl and thump his tail against the floor until you literally drag him out, and he gives you a kiss as a thanks and dives right back under. All of this time, while Astro, the other dog, is barking at Appa for being dumb, <laughs> which is—you <laughs> you gotta love the big fluffers. I mean, they're they're dummies and they get themselves stuck in situations that they don't have to, <laughs> but they're just they're just sweet, lovable idiots. You gotta love them. This next shout-out goes to Brenna. Ooh, ooh, here's my lovely lady. Here's my wife. So Brenna, posting another story about Atomic. uh, This is when Atomic got really distressed because the squirrels in the tree at my parents' house were mocking him. He would jump up and bark the tree until one day they made the mistake of getting cornered by him and he got a bite of one. Both parties somehow escaped the bloodbath and those squirrels don't nest in that tree anymore. (laughs) <laughs> so I actually remember the day that this story happened. I got a flurry of texts that day. Like after it happened and after everything was calm and whatnot. I got this big flurry of texts telling me the whole story about how uh they saw the squirrel and tried to get to it in time, couldn't get to it in time because this is a greyhound, a racing dog who can run I'm If I can estimate at maybe about 37 miles an hour, dog takes off after the squirrel. There's a lot of screaming. They disappear behind the corner of the house. They hear a squirrel sound. The squirrel runs off and Atomic runs off. And that's the end of the story. So she uses bloodbath. But as far as I can think, I don't think there was any blood, but I mean, it was a very scary experience. Glad the stupid squirrel idiots learned their lesson. If we can just teach them about roads. And here's uh, another one from Mary Beth. And uh, I I appreciate this a lot. She posted a picture of this beautiful golden retriever in the snow. She said, she hasn't done anything dumb recently. She's just pretty, so I wanted to post LOL. (laughs) Which I appreciate that a lot. And uh, last one goes to Emily. In all caps here, DISCRIMINATION! My cats have been much stupider than any of my dogs ever were. Once, my cat got his head stuck in a tissue box and he raced backwards around the room, shaking his head around like a weird furry worm creature until my mom took pity on him and finally caught him and pulled it off his head. There's a video of it somewhere, but this was ages past, so it was recorded on a potato and is thus approximately three pixels. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, speaking of potatoes, um, I understand. I... I think that three pixels is all that potatoes like Joe Biden are able to muster some days. So there you go. These are uh, these are dumb dog stories. We, If you guys enjoy this section, let me know. And we might do a sequel later on. So prep your dog stories because I love them. Now we're going to go to the serious segment that we don't necessarily want to do. All right, guys. So. Um, I think I'm done with these online pro-life groups. And I mentioned this before about how the hardline pro-choice activists are very, very unwilling to move. I have also noticed that the, uh, just as like the pro-choice activists are unlikely to move, so are the pro-life activists. And I don't mean moving on positions. I mean, moving on approach. I, I was having a conversation with someone who posted a personal text conversation online. Okay, rule number one about Facebook, don't post conversations like that online. I mean, just don't. If this is between you and one individual, especially if you're related to that person, don't do it, all right? This is just meant to vent and create drama. And these are the people that are very pent up on drama all the time. And I knew this because this same woman makes nothing but angry posts all the time. The last of the pro-life groups that I left on Facebook was because every single post that the moderator made was just to make people angry. You know, there's there's no heartwarming stories of a life turned around. Uh, There's there's nothing there that brings hope. And there is a lot of hope to be had. I mean, yes, we have a crazy administration right now that does not necessarily care about the life of the unborn. But that's not everybody. And the statistics are starting to show that might be changing in the near future. We may never get to the point where there is no abortion in the U.S., but at least it's going to be harder to happen if the will of the people doesn't change. So there is good news to be had, but it seems to me that in these pro-life groups and in the pro-choice groups, all there is is anger all the time. So this person posted uh, this personal private conversation that she was having with a pro-choice friend. And uh, there were some some names thrown out there. But the one that caught me is when the pro-life person said to the pro-choice person, who is supposed to be a friend apparently. You are... Self centered and brainwashed by Satan. Let me ask you this How helpful is that? How helpful is it to tell somebody that you're trying to persuade that they are brainwashed by Satan or by anybody? Let's be honest for a minute. If someone tells you that you are brainwashed by your political party, how likely are you to change your position? For me, if I'm told that I'm brainwashed by Republicans, I'm not convinced by you. I'm just ticked off at you now. I'm just ticked off at you because, in my mind, I am perfectly persuaded by evidence. Everybody believes that they are right. That is the big problem that we've got to understand. People don't believe they are brainwashed. People believe that their position is correct. Therefore, if you want to persuade people, the only real way to do that is by engaging with their ideas, making them feel like they have a voice. If, you, uh, now if, if you've been a, a fan of me or a friend of me for a, pretty much any period of time, by now you know that I'm a big Steven Crowder fan. And while I think his stuff is absolutely hysterical, his most uh, important contribution to society has been his Change My Mind series, which is what he's popular for. And the reason is because he gives the people that he's talking with a voice and an opportunity to share their opinions. It's different than debate because in a debate, and this has been known for a while, you can even see this in um episode of The Office, uh, a debate is really where just two sides get together. They pit somebody that they respect from their side against someone that the other side respects. And they just let the two ideas go back and forth. And at the end of the day, nobody really changes their mind. They just have more reason to believe what they already believe. What makes Change My Mind different is it's not about debate. It's not a debate. It's a conversation where you give reasons for why you hold your position. It's not a it's not an idea to prove the other person wrong. It's meant to say, well, this is why I believe what I believe. And sure, it can turn into debate, but that's not the intent. I mean, when you're having a Private conversation with someone, you're trying to tell them why you like uh, the latest movie that's come out that you enjoy. You don't try to prove to them why the movie does not suck. You try to tell them about the things that you like. Uh, When I watch a movie like Dunkirk, I'm trying to tell you why I find the history behind the moment compelling, why I think it's so cool to watch uh, the personal stories play out. In a very similar way to that they would probably play out in real life. To watch the civilians come to the rescue of the soldiers. I can tell you all of those reasons that I love the movie. It's not as convincing as if I were to get up. It's not as convincing, excuse me. It would not be as convincing if I got up and told you why anybody who says the movie is bad is stupid. That's not going to convince you to watch it. What's going to convince you to watch Dunkirk? is for me to tell you about the reasons that I fell in love with it. That's going to pique your interest. Why? Because I'm talking in the positive, and I'm talking about things that people can relate to. Anger is never a good way to get things done. All that anger does is lead to endless talking and violent action. So, this is going to be the last pro-life, pro-choice podcast or video that I do for a while because I'm going to start looking for some ways to get involved. One of the things that my wife is going to be doing is uh, she, she's she been talking a good bit about um, getting involved with people who are uh, considering abortions and being able to talk through things with them. Um, I have another friend who's considering doing the same thing and yes, you can go to the marches, and the march is a great way to get your voice heard, but it doesn't lead to any action afterwards. And what I have found from my conversations with people who are pro-choice is the best thing that you can do is to get involved with the lives of people around you. Uh, my friend I've had on here before, Pastor Blake, uh, tells a story of a time when uh Two of his church members at a church that he used to attend growing up, um, they came to the pastor and they admitted that they were having sexual relations before they were married and that they were now pregnant. Now, what is pushed in secular society is that the woman, the wife, the uh, girlfriend, so on and so forth, has the choice on whether or not to keep that life. A lot of times, and I will say justly, a complaint is that people in the church too often are overly critical and push the woman into desperation because she's still alone. But what this pastor did was so interesting and wonderful to me. I think that this is what's going to help bridge the gap between uh, the suffering of the woman and the suffering of the child. This pastor got up with the couple. The couple wanted to admit to the church uh, what they had done and where they were at. And after they had done that, the pastor said, Now, I want to be very clear to everyone here. We are going. They are going to get married. We are going to support them. And we are going to love this child as much as we would love our own children. And he didn't give them an option. It wasn't an option of, uh, you you can either uh, love this child um, or you can just not hinder them. He said, no, you and I are going to love and take care of this child and these parents. And we are going to support them along the way. That is exactly what needs to happen exactly what needs to happen in the church is we need to be involved in the lives of the people around us we need to be there for the people close to us if the problem is is that the woman has no support system all right church this is where we shine this is where we get up and we do the things that we're supposed to do this is the moment that we're made for and that we're supposed to be here for to get up and walk along with each other in the faith while we're here on the earth. I am so in love with what that pastor did. And I highly encourage anyone, anybody at all who's listening to this, which is probably only going to be 10 people, if I'm being honest. But if I can convince any one of you to stop talking on Facebook, which doesn't help anybody, and to get involved with one person that you personally know, who is in the situation where they could consider an abortion. If you can get involved with one person that you know personally, you are one person more effective than you were if you made that Facebook post. And who knows, it could be more. If you are, if like this other woman who was posting in this group, if you give people reasons to think that Christians are just hateful people who have no support from others, You are fueling the fire that we are fighting against. So I encourage you and I ask you, as you look for ways to help these women to understand what life is and how precious it is, I want to encourage you, the most important thing that you can do is get involved with people around you. Maybe all that means is you get involved in the preschool in your church. That's what uh, my wife and I are doing right now, and let me tell you, we get to work with some awesome kids, and we get to help some parents who are really struggling. We get to be there to give these parents a safe place to bring their kids while they do something that they need to do to take care of themselves. Maybe that's all you can do right now, is just serve for one hour in the preschool of your church. That is far more effective than anything you could say on Facebook. And once you do that, I encourage you to do what uh, my wife and I are going to be doing. We're going to be looking for ways to get involved with the people around us. Because relationships are the best way to influence people for Christ. That's about all I got for you guys right now. I I wanted to kind of share that because not enough people are getting out there in the world. And really getting involved with the people who need you the most that's something we can change and it's something we can change very easily. I love you guys. And, um, if you see this on a Facebook post, I mean, I, I I encourage you, please share this and share any of the podcasts that you've appreciated. Even if you never touched this one, that's okay. You can go back and find any of the other ones beforehand. You want a good laugh, go back and listen to, uh, the previous episode, episode 12, me and Jeb have a good laugh together. And, uh, Yeah, I really appreciate your guys' support. You guys make this possible. I will see you guys next time. Bye.